everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Blake Benz podcast. Really excited for this week and the couple of episodes we're putting out this week. Uh, Today, we're going to have a follow-up of our last episode on innovation and also talk about how you can aggressively be making some decisions for your business. Later this week, we're going to have Stephanie Medford, the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities here in Arcoma, who's going to be on the show. And she's going to be sharing a little bit about her own leadership mentality, as well as some really cool insights in the nonprofit world. Uh, I have long raved about her, long talked about her, so I'm really excited. Uh, She is such a personable person. I think you're going to really enjoy listening to her and getting her perspective on really what's made her nonprofit super successful and also just what's made her a really great leader. Uh, If you are listening for the first time, this is our podcast from my business, Good Advice, and I'm hoping to give you some good advice today. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship, business, leadership, marketing sales, really just a whole slew of different things that you can take and apply for your business, and this has come out of the last few years working in the business world. So, I want to talk today, uh, we, we put out an episode last week on innovation, I want to break that down a little bit more, and then I want to talk about what is really making big business struggle, and when I say big business, I mean like the big brands that you know of. Uh, I mentioned probably a few months ago that Fortune 500s are failing at a faster rate than ever. It doesn't mean, I'm not trying to say like the sky is falling. It doesn't mean that, you know, every day you're going to hear about a, a Fortune 500 going bankrupt. But what's really intriguing is that Fortune 500s in general are are dropping off the list at a faster rate than ever before. And I put this in an episode way back when that talked about how complexity is killing Fortune 500s. And you can check out that episode. It's a good one. And I really just, I told some personal stories of really some some fortunes that I had worked with and just how slow things were, right? I mean, you've, and it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, the bigger you get, the harder it is to move orders up the chain of command and to get agreement on things. Even on the short side of it, for me to uh, try to sell to one of these company, companies to do like a consulting contract would sometimes take months on end. Uh, even delivering that contract and actually showing up and doing some consulting work or some facilitation work, uh, sometimes it would be so far in advance that the person who who bought uh, my services or my, my last company, uh, our services for them, Sometimes that boss would be long gone and even the next person would be long gone and we'd be like on the third person in the chain of command who's now the boss of the team and the, the person would be like, what, wait, uh, what, what are you guys doing again? What's happening? And, and this, is, this is definitely not the norm, but something like that would happen a lot where you try to get something to happen and because of the lack of agility of this large business, it just it takes a while to actually see something happen. Even like, you know, you'd have you'd have businesses where you'd kind of institute a plan or an idea for what they need to do, and months later they've made very little headway on it. They've made very little traction on it, right? And so, uh, I'm totally broad brushing large businesses, and so I don't want to knock large businesses, but 
I do think it's worthy to mention that, you know, there's a reason why so many large businesses will not make it in the next 10 years. And they're just too slow. They're not fast enough. I mean, it's, I mentioned in my last episode that Uber has come out of nowhere. And, and I think I, I put, I said something like their valuation and they're, they're not on the stock market. Uh, what I should have been looking at was their annual revenue. And they're at like something like 115, uh, maybe com- uh, compared to Ford, who I think is like 160. And so, but it's still, you know, a pretty phenomenal statistic considering that again, Uber doesn't have a fleet of vehicles and, and really, you have to kind of wonder, why didn't Ford create an Uber strategy, right? Why didn't Ford see this coming and say, you know what, we're going to develop this 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 branch of our business that we take people, drivers who want to come in on a, on a 1099 on a contract basis, and they use their own cars, and it's like the Ford pilot program. I don't I don't know what you call it. And the reason they didn't do it is because obviously it goes against their business model. You know, their whole business model is we sell cars. But what I've noticed is that a lot of large businesses cannot innovate and they hold on to their business model far longer than they need to. A really great illustration of this would be Kodak, who came up with the digital uh, uh, photography technology and vaulted it and said, "Eh, you know, people don't want to do that. But especially Blockbuster, who made a ton of money in late fees. And so when you have a Netflix model that comes along, you're like, eh, I don't want to go along with that. It goes against how we make our money. And when businesses hold on to a business model far past the date of needing to innovate, they don't make it long-term. They don't last long-term. Something else that I want to talk about from our last episode is we talked a lot about innovation and I said, I think I called the episode, let's simplify innovation. And it's because a lot of times when we talk innovation, people think we mean something that's super tech oriented, super advanced, something that's very technological. And that's that's just really not the case. And I mentioned how it's really, you're, you're trying to change the way the game is played. You know, you're just trying to take a new, a faster approach, a more convenient approach, a smarter approach. Well, I put out that episode in this last weekend, I had a chance to sit down and talk with my brother-in-law who has put together this pool cleaning business. And he's gotten it to the point where it started as kind of like this little side hustle and this little entrepreneurial journey. Well, and I remember him starting it. Well, in our conversation this weekend, he talked about how He's really at capacity and he's really built this thing into, you know, he works, you know, in in one day he takes care of his biggest bill, which is the daycare bill for the month. And one day's work will take care of that whole month's bill. Well, we were having this conversation and I was just curious, you know, how did you, how did you grow this part of your business? And actually when I talk to a lot of service-based people, they talk a lot about, you know, you got to canvas a neighborhood, you got to go knock on doors, put up flyers, things like that. And that's that's kind of what I've naturally associated with uh, that type of of work. Well, so I'm asking him saying, you know, how did you get your your neighborhoods? And I thought it was the, the smartest thing. I thought it was a total genius move. He pulls up his phone and opens Google Maps and he says, you know, honestly, I just get on Google Maps and he's just scrolling through Google Maps and he's like, well, and he's near his neighborhood and he says, see right here on Google Maps, here's a person with a pool. And on Google Maps, you can clearly see the pool. And not only that, but he can go a step further and he says, okay, and then and then this area right here, there's five houses that all have pools right next to each other. 
And so I can, even if I'm not making a ton of money on one pool, I can do five pulls in a span of, you know, two hours or whatever and cut down my airtime, cut down my my travel time from going from neighborhood to neighborhood. And he's just talking about how he just wisely, he just kind of had this, this intuition of, let me jump on Google Maps and just see what's on there. And the other thing he was showing me too was you can look at the personal property data for the state of Arkansas. It's, it's totally public record. Well, you could go on the website and he was pulling up people's pool information. So he could see how large it was. He could see, and literally, I mean, literally how large it was. He could see how much people were uh, paying on their taxes. And, and so in doing this whole thing, he's basically seeing, you know, who are the people that I want to target? And so it's, it's, it's understanding, okay, rather than just like going door to door and, and even like on the most granular, uh, unwise approach, you know, saying, Hey, do you have a pool? Oh, you don't have a pool. Okay. No problem. You know, going a step further, he already knows who has a pool. He already knows an area that has multiple pools and he already knows really the, the, demographic and the, the, he doesn't know like their income, but he has a pretty good idea. And so he can, he can target the high quality, high tier people, which you would think everyone has a pool is super rich. Not the case. He can target the people who would want to invest in their pool and who would be willing to spend the, the, you know, the discretionary funds so that it's, it's not in their mind. It's one less thing for them to have to worry about. This is what innovation looks like, okay? So whatever you're thinking about innovation, don't make it too complicated. Don't make it too pie in the sky. Focus on what's really granular, practical. What can I simply do that's smarter than maybe how people have done it in the past, but especially what my competition is doing today. So that's a nice little dovetail, you know, book into that conversation from the last episode. The other thing I want to talk about today, and this is really the focus of today's conversation, is it's it's interesting when I when I get into conversations with people, because and actually I just talked to a guy last night. He's close to retiring, and he I think he's he's done a really in depth career. He's been a manager. He's been a part owner. He just is an all around really great guy. And so we're talking and somehow, and we're just meeting for the first time. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And we're just sharing ideas and sharing thoughts. And, and I start talking about management. I'm like, yeah, you know, I work a lot with businesses, especially with management. And he smiles and says, you know, I just don't understand why it's so hard for people. And I said, I kind of go, yeah, right. I mean, but I'm also kind of wondering what he thinks about this. So I start kind of prodding a little bit and he's like, you know, man, my philosophy has always been just to take care of my people. And then shocking enough, that has always worked for me. Even when they got promotions, even when they worked on, moved on to different teams, they never forgot about me and they continue to help me complete the assignment, mission, goals, whatever that I was trying to complete. And we were talking about this and he goes, you know, it's really just not that complicated. And I was like, yeah, it really isn't. And it got me thinking, I've had so many conversations over the last several months of, I especially like, here's how a typical conversation goes. I'm talking with someone, we're kind of batting back and forth. I'm giving some thoughts, they're giving some thoughts. And and at some point or another, I typically, probably about 70% of the time, what I hear back towards the end of a conversation is, well, I know what I need to do, but, and then whatever follows that. 
I know what I need to do, but you know, it's uh, but I'll do it next month, but I'm afraid of what might happen or I'm maybe I'm not the right person, you know, and you have all these excuses that keep us from actually following through. And I don't know where where the the insight lies in this point. I don't know if it falls in like the deterrents that are in our mind and in our life that keep us from actually following through with things, but probably what's the bigger insight to me is when we know what we need to do and yet we don't do it, right? And I and it, it ties into the starter of my this podcast episode where I mentioned how big businesses they really struggle because they they, don't, they aren't agile enough, they can't move fast enough and and I think it's why it's a it's a small business's game. A lot of times we have people who say well, you know, it's just tough to compete with corporations, large businesses, whatever. I, I think that's a total lie. I think it's totally not true. I think it is a small business game. And here's why I say this. It's because you as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur, or as someone who maybe you're even just doing a little side hustle, you have more agility than any large company could ever hope to have. It's how Uber penetrated the market so quickly. It's how Uber became such a titan in the auto industry without owning a single vehicle, right? Well, so as I talk to business owners, what's been kind of strange is is this this consistent theme, this conversation of when someone says, I know what I need to do. And I don't don't think people are saying it arrogantly. Like sometimes I talk to people, they're like, I know what I need to do. And you're like, no, you don't know what you need to do. Let me, let me give you some help. For the most part, though, when people say, I know what I need to do, I'm like, yeah, you do. So why, why don't you do that, right? And, and I, here's a great example of this. When I was working at my last company, we were working with Chick-fil-A. We're working with this Chick-fil-A store, and I'm sitting at this table. It's me, it's my boss, and it's this owner of a Chick-fil-A store. And the owner of the Chick-fil-A store is talking at length about this one manager who's just such a struggle of a manager, really difficult. Uh, the team doesn't like working for this person. The manager, the uh, Chick-fil-A owner is talking about all the things they've done to try and uh, get this person on the ball and on point. And then finally, the conversation is wrapping up and the Chick-fil-A owner says, maybe we need to put this person through some coaching with you guys. And my boss, you know, which I always appreciated this moment, rather than just chasing the sale, my boss says, well, how long have you been working on this guy? And he goes, about 18 months now, and we've tried pretty much everything. This person just can't, it just will not click. Can you help? And rather than take the sale, my owner says, well, what are you waiting on? And the owner's like, well, uh, for this person to get better, right? To be, to be a better boss, manager, leader, whatever. And my boss says, no, 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 you, you already know what you need to do. What are you waiting on? And I've always remembered that. And it's also, it makes me think of another guy I worked with and I mentioned him in a previous podcast episode. I think the one that talks about how your ego will ruin you. And I, I have a 100% money back guarantee. And I do that because I have a high standard for myself. And I think that if I don't deliver on what I said I will do, I don't want your money. I don't deserve your money, right? And so there, there's only been two people that I've had to do that with or that I've had to give money back to. And one of them, I mentioned in a previous episode was just could not see it. One of the most arrogant people I know just couldn't see it, just couldn't, you know, just could not see their own flaws and they were ruining their business because of it. 
And actually, they weren't the number one. Their owner had had me start working with this person. And the owner starts talking about all the conferences they've been to, all the things they've invested into this this manager. And after our first session, the owner calls me and says, well, what do you think? And I said, here's the deal. You need to fire this person and here's your money back too. I mean, this person has been through years, years of training and doesn't have it. What are you waiting on? You know, what are you waiting on? In fact, when I think about one of my favorite books, Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about how essential it is to get the right people on the bus in terms of where your business is heading. But he he adds this qualifier. He says, now naturally, there's only limited seating on this bus. To get the right people on the bus, that means you have to get the wrong people off the bus. And a lot of times, as an owner, as someone who has you know, had the blood, sweat, and tears with employees who have been there since the start, sometimes there are people who their job, they, they were with you for a season, but for wherever you're taking your business, they can't, they can't go with you. You know, they can't elevate their thinking. They just aren't the right fit for where you want to go long-term, especially if they're a toxic employee. And I've been having this conversation. I had one last week. I had one today, two different owners. Oh man, I have this toxic employee and I've been, I've been working you know, I've tried giving them raises. I've tried, you know, helping them with with taking things off their plate. I've tried spending time with them. I've I've done everything. You know, I've checked every box and this person just just cannot get it. What is next now? What do I do next? And it's like you've done it. You know, you've done it. It's it's time to it's time to move that person on lovingly. You know, you don't have to like just totally wreck them, but hey, thanks so much for the season you've been with us. And it's time to move on. But but what keeps owners from doing that is because they're empathetic. They want to see this person turn it around. And probably the worst thing you can do for your business is be slow. It's being slow in the decisions you make. It's being slow in, in making not even just managerial decisions, but also how you iterate. Okay, I'm going to try this. Okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try something else. And And I'm not even talking about being like totally... You know, where you're totally embracing risk, you know, we're just flippantly running your business. I mean, it's it's understanding that you want to fail fast and also fail cheaply, right? And so it's it's okay, how do we iterate quickly? How do we do this thing fast? And okay, that didn't work, but I didn't, you know, it didn't ruin my business by realizing it didn't work. Now I'm gonna try this over here instead. And the reason you're doing that is because you're trying to be aggressive and urgent and and assertive in the marketplace. You're trying to be assertive in terms of where you're wanting to take your business. And and really this is no different concept than 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 how life works. Right. I mean, the person there's a, there's a stark difference and I'm a total hypocrite for bringing this up because I like to go to the gym once a year. There's a stark difference between the person who, man, I would love to go to the gym and the person who actually gets off their rear and goes to the gym. Right. It's 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 a person who is aggressively seeking out the circumstances they want in their life. It's like the person who's in a dead end job who says, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I'll sit here for another five years and see how it goes versus the person who says, you know what? I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not working out my calling. In fact, I was talking to a woman last week who. She's heading up an HR department and she said, the owners are totally toxic. They're impossible to work for. They're killing the business. I don't know what to do. 
And so we're talking, we're having this conversation and I, and I, I said, well, how long you've been working on this? And she's, man, I've been working on them for like 12 months. And I gave her some things to try and I said, you can do this. You can see if this works. But really at the end of the day, I said, Hey, probably the best advice I can give you. Cause we're talking this through. And she says, the reason I haven't quit is because I believe in the impact that I'm making. She's in healthcare. And she was saying, I'm, there's an impact that I can make. And I believe in that impact. And, and I said, you know, that's awesome. I appreciate that. But I just want you to know you can probably make that impact and probably a greater impact somewhere else where you don't have a psycho boss. And it's hard to, you know, take that leap of faith and actually get out there and be assertive and aggressive for the circumstances you want in your life. I think about uh, my relationship with my wife. You know, if I want to have a great relationship with her, it doesn't come naturally. It takes the time of setting time aside. And I've even been noticing lately, I've been spending a lot of time on my business and not enough time with her. Okay, so how do I put time aside and get the circumstances I want? You know, the circumstance I want is I want a happy, fulfilled marriage, you know, where she feels loved, valued, cared for. And so how do I assertively seek that out? The same is true for life in general. The same is especially true for your business. There's been days for my business that I have been so wrapped up because, I mean, the grind is real. Any person who started a business, you know the grind is real. And there have been days that I have been so wrapped up in depression, in, man, this isn't going the way I thought it would, in, in you know, I was going to, I thought I was going to get this sale and I didn't get anywhere close to that sale. Or I, you know, I thought I was going to get a sale and then I realized I wasn't the right fit for them. And I'm just, you know, there's such a, an ardu an, an arduous, arduous, how do you say that word? Arduous, who knows? That, that arduous process of, of just trying to get your business to the point of like positive momentum. There's been days, because I mean, no one's calling to check on me, right? I mean, there's no boss who's going to call me and say, what did you do today? And so for me on the days that I'm like, man, I do not want to work on this, man. I don't, I don't want to spend another minute working on my website, and I don't want to spend another minute learning about marketing and sales or the digital marketplace. I don't want to spend another minute going through LinkedIn and commenting on posts and building my social brand. I don't want to do any. But so as I'm thinking about all those things, I have this moment where I can say, okay, I can either stop and do it tomorrow or I could grind it out today. And the reason that nine times out of 10, I grind it out today is because I realize. I have to do this today because if I do it tomorrow, that's one more day added on to the impact and the influence that I want to have long-term. So I got to do it today because it's going to lengthen the process for the building of momentum that I want to have for my business. And so the next time you think about, man, I know what I need to do, my encouragement, my urgent request of you is for you to actually aggressively seek out and do Whatever it is you feel like you need to do for your life, for your business, what have you. Because all we have is the time that's in front of us, right? And so if we don't use that well, it's not going to happen on its own. You know, problems will not resolve themselves on their own. We have to be aggressive and earnest in actually solving them. So here's what you can do. Think about your business. Think about your life. Whatever needs to happen, just do it. This, we'll get the Nike slogan in there. I'm serious. Just do it. And don't be that person. Because here's, here's, here's the, the biggest 
the fear that I have for myself, and I think it's the worry that other people can have as well, is you don't want to just just barely miss it. You know, where in a, and even long term, you can get 10 years down the road and you say, man, I wish I had been more aggressive in, in seeking out. I think about a person, a friend of mine who worked at a job and they gave him like a 1% raise for like six years. It was like nothing. And he's the CEO of this awesome organization now. And we were just talking. He said, you know what? I really wasted a lot of years in terms of the money I could have raised for my family. You know, the money I could have earned for the life that I, I'm, I'm making now for my family, but we could have had that a lot sooner. But I just, I just, I don't know if I thought I was, didn't think I was worth it. I, but ultimately I just wasn't assertive enough. You know, most people aren't the egotistical maniac, you know, type professionals. They're humble people who just, they just aren't nearly aggressive enough in getting what they deserve. So be assertive, be aggressive, and most importantly for your business, make the decisions you need to. Make those decisions, and here's the deal. You're not going to ruin your business. You know, doing nothing is probably worse for your business than making a bad call. So having said all that, I hope this was encouraging. I'm really excited for our episode coming up later this week. As always, if you have a comment or you want to touch base on some things we talked about in this episode, my time is yours. I always, always, always respond to every text, every email personally, and I try to do that within 24 hours of you sending it. So it's not going to sit in an inbox for the next week. You can email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Let me know what you think about the episode, or you can leave a comment on your uh, podcast store, wherever you're listening to this from. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope this was some good advice, and I will catch you all later.